For many years, there has been this notion or even a myth about the role of African World War II veterans in nationalist politics and the eventual independence of African countries. This myth holds that while at war, African servicemen interacted with soldiers from other colonies like India, that they interacted with African Americans and were exposed to new political ideas and a heightened sense of anti-colonialism. The African veterans, as the myth goes, went back to their colonies at the end of the war. And with this new political consciousness and a broader world perspective, they went on to lead the nascent nationalist movements in their colonies and spearheaded the fight against colonialism. Another version of this theory or myth is that during the Second World War, the African servicemen came to realize something about the white man. They realized that the white men were just as human as they were. They could be brave and they could be cowards. They could cry, they could bleed, and they could die, just like everyone else. Apparently, this contributed to the confidence of the African servicemen so much that after the war, they did not hesitate to challenge the white man and eventually expel him from Africa. I'm sorry to say, but this myth is wrong. It is a falsehood that has found its way into way too many ears. I mean, it's not like there were no conflicts between Africans and Europeans in the late 19th and early 20th century. Better yet, it's not like there wasn't a First World War where Africans would have realized that Europeans were just as human as they were. And yet, here is this idea that it was during World War II that African soldiers came to realize that European men were not supernatural beings. This idea, together with the idea that World War II veterans came back and led the fight for African independence, can be found almost everywhere. It's found in some academic circles. It's related to students in some textbooks. It's there in some documentaries, even on YouTube. Think about what that means. It means suddenly Africans now have one million people from different countries who have been through the most brutal war the world has ever experienced and they came back alive. These people now have experience of what it means to engage in battle and fight and now they are hungry and now they want a revenge for this colonial master who used them and never appreciate them. And that, my friend, was the reason why the war against colonial rule in Africa began immediately after World War II. When they returned to Nigeria, a general dissatisfaction with the colonial rule and a renewed sense of national pride foiled the post-war independence movement. Nigerians fought under European officers throughout the war, and the first Nigerian officer was commissioned four years after the war ended in 1949. With the tensions that had grown on the home front throughout the war, Nigeria pushed harder for self-determination ideals after the war. They were inspired by wartime experiences. 
again don't forget these are people who have been to world war ii and now they are ready for guerrilla warfare against the colonial masters what happened in ghana was identical to what happened everywhere else whether you are thinking about zimbabwe or kenya or namibia or nigeria nationalist group stood up everywhere ready to carry weapon and ready to sacrifice whatever it takes just to get europeans out of africa that is incredibly false on many levels in fact first and foremost in most of africa independence was granted or rather gained without any bloodshed ghana did not have an armed struggle nigeria did not have an armed struggle while namibia and zimbabwe did in fact fight for their independence there's little to no evidence to suggest that the liberation fighters were actually World War II veterans. In fact, as I will reveal later on, World War II veterans actually worked for the colonial government in crushing and repressing nationalist movements. In the case of Kenya, however, there is some evidence to suggest that some World War II veterans were involved in the Mau Mau rebellion of the 1950s. But even then, as historian Timothy Parsons has shown, the Kikuyu World War II veterans were more of passive supporters of the Mau Mau Rebellion as opposed to actually fighting the British. I mean, the Mau Mau Rebellion was a predominantly Kikuyu affair, so to speak, and the colonial authorities had been convinced that about 90% of the Kikuyu population had taken at least one Mau Mau oath. It's not surprising, therefore, that World War II veterans from the Kikuyu ethnic group would have supported the rebellion in one way or another. But to attribute the whole rebellion and even Kenyan nationalism to World War II veterans is a bit of a stretch. What about the veterans from the Bakamba ethnic group? What about those from the Luo ethnic group? Could the Kikuyu veterans be the only ones who got politicized and radicalized by their World War II experiences? The whole thing just doesn't make sense. So then, if this role of World War II veterans in African nationalism and independence is wrong, why is it so deeply entrenched? Well, the truth is, the actual African nationalists, and by this I mean the intelligentsia and the leadership of the African political parties that called for independence, these people used the grievances of World War II veterans to their advantage. You see, in almost all of the African colonies, World War II veterans were quite unhappy with the colonial powers. They wanted better treatment from the colonial government. They wanted money, their pensions. They wanted jobs, especially considering the economic hardships of the post-war years. They were not properly paid for the job they did in, in overseas. We are in under colonial, so we cannot say anything to change it. They go send what you go give to us up to now, we will get up. Up to now. In Ghana, for example, in February 1948, World War II veterans organized a protest at the governor's residence. The intention of this protest was to request the governor to pay them their pensions and other monies that were promised to them for their efforts during the Second World War. A confrontation occurred with the colonial police and in the process, 
three of the veterans were killed. This incident led to the well-known Accra riots of 1948 and nationalist leaders like Kwame Nkrumah quickly capitalized on this and listed the World War II veterans as an interest group that supported his political party's call for independence. Nkrumah simply co-opted the demands of the veterans into his party's political agenda. In French-controlled Senegal, 500 veterans mutinied at a military base near Dakar. And just like those in Ghana, the Senegalese veterans called for better treatment and better pay. African nationalist leaders like Lamine Gueye also co-opted the veterans' demands to push for Senegalese independence. When Senegalese World War II veteran Leopold Senghor became president in 1960, the misguided view of ex-servicemen as freedom fighters became even more entrenched. That's how this myth came about. And like I said earlier, it's everywhere. Some academics or scholars are big proponents of this erroneous view, and their evidence for it is usually scanty, to say the least. But thankfully, there are political and military historians who have dismissed this myth. Historians like David Killingray, Richard Rathbone, Timothy Parsons, Timothy Stapleton, G. Olusanya, and Hal Brands have all shown how World War II veterans could not have formed a coherent interest group with a shared political agenda of nationalism and anti-colonialism. The veterans had way too many things to worry about than to lead the fight for independence. Now, I've already explained that in most African countries, independence was gained without any bloodshed and that the idea that World War II veterans came back from the war with new political ideas and led the fight for independence is still out there. I know some people might say, okay, maybe this fighting for independence wasn't actual physical fighting, but rather political discourse. And even then, I'm afraid the fight for nationhood cannot be attributed to World War II veterans. And here's why. You see, World War II veterans were not a distinctive group within society. Whether you're talking of the Gold Coast, Kenya, Nigeria, Southern Rhodesia, or any other colony, these men were recruited from all corners of those colonies. They came from different ethnic, social, and economic backgrounds to which they returned at the end of the war. Their military careers and experiences varied greatly some were infantrymen, while some were military laborers, others mechanics, while others were signal men, and so forth. All of this could not have resulted with the veterans coming back as a single class or, or an interest group with a nationalist agenda. Now, I don't doubt that some of these men may have come back home with a broader knowledge of the world and probably even a desire to translate some of that knowledge into action but military service could not have given these men such a deep understanding of politics and economics so that they would come back home and spearhead the fight for independence you might be asking yourself okay so if world war ii veterans did not lead nationalist movements and fight for independence what did they do it's a little difficult to account for all of the veterans 
across the colonies just as it is impossible to prove that they actually fought for independence but through colonial records and archival sources there is enough evidence to prove that upon return from the war the veterans were more concerned with social prestige um, employment opportunities as well as internal inter-ethnic politics we have to remember that the immediate post-war years were very difficult economically and that inflation and high import prices were problems faced by almost all colonial governments. So you can imagine soldiers who went to war and became accustomed to army provisions such as clothing, food rations and other services. They return home sometime between 1945 and 1947 only to find that prices for food, clothing and other stuff have skyrocketed and on top of that there are very few employment opportunities. These are the things that led some veterans to protest, but they should never be mistaken for nationalist and anti-colonial activity. In his book, Fighting for Britain, historian David Killingray explains that most of the veterans had been illiterate peasant farmers before going to war, and that after demobilization, most of them went back to their home areas, while some went to the towns and cities to look for work. In the Bichuanaland Protectorate or Colonial Botswana, some of the veterans from the minority ethnic groups are said to have joined the struggle against domination by the Bangwatu ethnic group, which was led by Regent Tsekedikhama at the time. Apart from those veterans who participated in ethnic politics, or those in Ghana, for example, who got shot while protesting over pensions and better jobs, most veterans of the Second World War focused on family welfare, agricultural improvements, as well as trying to establish their own businesses. In this book, African Police and Soldiers in Colonial Zimbabwe, historian Timothy Stapleton shows that African veterans were more interested in remaining under the employment of the colonial government in one form or another. Many of them went on to work in private or state security. This is important because Apart from showing us that World War II veterans did not lead nationalist movements, it also shows us that instead of fighting for independence, as the myth goes, World War II veterans were actually on the side of the state security forces that repressed nationalist activity. In colonial Botswana as well, the veterans who did not go back to farming sought employment with the colonial government. At a meeting of the Joint Advisory Council in 1946, it was agreed that the World War II veterans of Colonial Botswana were desperate for work and that they should be allowed to serve in the Colonial Police Force. By way of conclusion, I just want to reiterate that African World War II veterans did not come back from war with new political ideas and a sense of nationhood that made them lead nationalist movements and fight for independence. It is true that these men were disgruntled and had several demands, but their grievances had nothing to do with nationalism or independence. They wanted jobs and they wanted to be appreciated for their efforts during the Second World War. They wanted their pensions, but most importantly, they wanted social mobility. And just for argument's sake, even if, say, there were a few veterans who actually took up arms and fought a war of independence against their colonial masters. It would still be a major stretch to attribute nationalism and independence 
to the World War II veterans in general. African independence was for the most part attained without bloodshed. And even in those countries that had wars of independence, it was not the World War II veterans who fought it. There is more evidence of World War II veterans working for the colonial state security forces that repressed African nationalism. As always, this has been Simon Bayani with Africa in Retrospect.